This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Hey, Thursday night with no football. That's pretty weird. We're still going to talk about the game's AFC home games. Seven of them to talk about today. Welcome to the show. This is Fantasy Football Today. We should be getting ready for Chiefs Bills. Oh, well, we will wait till Monday. No big deal. This episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer later in the show. What's up, guys? What are you going to do this this Thursday evening? Free schedule. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, usually we get to the end of the year and the Thursday games, you know, go away. And it's like, oh, okay. We get a, a night free of football. But we got a bonus this week. We had a Tuesday game. So, you know, things yeah. are sort of counterbalancing a little bit. Um yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. I'm going to actually go watch my kid play baseball. I, I cool. think I would be okay if the TNF was a Tuesday night football instead of a Thursday night football. Me too. I think that, that I mean, if the players wouldn't have as short of week, you could have just Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then we'd have four days. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. I think that's a pretty good call, and I really liked it being at 7 o'clock. Easter. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how yeah. the West Coast people felt about that, but I think I think the, the Chiefs Bills game is uh, six p.m. next week, which is this fantastic. week. This week, yeah. Well, if you recall the the Broncos Patriots game that was postponed, that was originally scheduled. Well, the the second schedule and it was going to be played on Monday was going to be five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, five, this five p.m. Five o'clock. Yeah, five o'clock. Shrek Excellent. Stealing my thunder there. Kansas City at Buffalo, five o'clock. That's great. All right, Maybe. fun Monday. My birthday up. too. I get two games on my birthday. Really. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I hope you all uh, enjoy a Thursday evening uh, without football. I guess there's probably baseball on, right? Um, let's get to the big news. The big news, Melvin Gordon was arrested for DUI. They are at New England this week. Philip Lindsay is going to play. It looks like Cam Newton's going to play in that game as well. But, um, yeah, well, guys, uh, we don't know if Melvin Gordon's going to play. And luckily, you know, we don't have to make any lineup decisions tonight. But, uh, Jamie, what's your read on this unfortunate situation? Um, yeah, unfortunate that he made this mistake. I, I think you look at uh, uh, Vic Fangio, you know, he's the one that's, that's holding the cards right now, him and John Elway, because the league is not going to do anything to suspend him for this week. Uh, I think they have to wait till the court process, you know, plays itself out. So, you know, the fact that Fangio sent him home, you know, you wonder if that's A, to punish him or B, to avoid the media and having to deal with all of this and the distraction of it. So it could be maybe both. Um, I, I'm going to guess he plays. But he's probably not going to be the starter. And I would be looking to make other plans for your backfield. I didn't like Melvin Gordon as a play this week in terms of where he usually is because of Lindsey being back and because of traveling to Foxborough as a nine-point underdog. It's the same argument I had for last week when he was going to play in this game. So uh, I, would, I would be perfectly okay if you, were had, if you had other options to bench Melvin Gordon. Okay, I guess we'll get into some of those other options. But uh, like, like a Preston Williams... If you're talking about some flex plays, I mean, that becomes a little bit more of a tricky conversation, but I'd probably play Melvin Gordon over Preston Williams if he plays, unless we find out that he's going to be the backup. Right, you know, if they right. say Philip Lindsay's starting, then you've got to go with other options. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about a bunch of players. So let's get into players we love. Heath, I'll let you kick it off. Who are a player or players you love? 
Man, I could just be so cheap and say Alexander Madison, couldn't I? Oh, yeah. He's the star of the week. So <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Well, great. You can love Alexander Madison then. I, You know what? I'm going to go with a uh, bounce back candidate. I don't know if anybody is is worried at all about what happened last week, but I really, really love James Robinson. He is uh, inside by top five, and I expect a monster performance against a bad Lions defense. This is going to be a high-scoring game. The fumble, I don't really care about that. It was one inefficient game, and Jamie had kind of mentioned it. You know, the Texans were probably a little bit fired up because they didn't have Bill O'Brien coaching them anymore. So Lions, unfortunately, still have Matt Patricia as their head coach. They're not going to be fired up, and uh, I, I think Robinson will have a very good game. Well, kiss of death right here but it's it's hard to find someone in this game that you don't like Detroit versus Jacksonville um like Detroit in three of their four games they've allowed multiple wide receivers to have either 74 yards or a touchdown so I I mean I thought you might go with LaVisca Chenault as a player you love this week Uh, I do yeah I I mean I'm excited to start him one guy in this game maybe I don't love it would be Marvin Jones just because I'm not sure that he still exists I was gonna like I looked at I looked at the setup for Marvin Jones going into his four touchdown game last year. That was in week six. <laughs> this is week six. Uh, he had played five games at that point. He had had only he had one great game. He had a hundred and one yard game um, with a touchdown. He had a decent game with seventy seven yards on five targets. The other three games he had fifty six, forty three, and seventeen yards. I think he was coming off a seventeen yard performance, and then he blew up with four touchdowns. Like this could definitely be that. That was was Xavier Rhodes, right? On Minnesota, wasn't that? Uh, yes. Yes. Well, to to be clear, Marvin Jones fifty six would be his season high in receiving yards in twenty. 20 and yeah. in the two games that since Kenny Galladay has been back he has five total targets yeah I know I know um Hawkinson has a great match this looks like uh yeah but Bonanza Bonanza Ooh. Detroit Jacksonville wow Ooh, yeah call. why not like these are really well, bad I mean, defenses down DJ Chark we saw one game for the Jaguars passing game without DJ Chark it wasn't pretty it was Thursday night so hopefully that's not going to be repeated uh, yeah, he did not practice on Wednesday, so right. not looking great for DJ Chark right now. Okay, well, oh, man, am I getting a cold feet? No, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it, Bonanza. Uh, I, you know, I, I, this was the game I was going to stack both sides of, and now I've got cold feet because you called it Bonanza. <laughs> okay, uh, Jamie Alexander-Madison started the week. Anyone else you really love this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it ties into something you've been talking about a lot. You know, it was out for the Panthers for the rest of the season. Yeah. So David Montgomery, let's go. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy who's been picking up his performance in the passing game with the 14 targets, but the rushing numbers have not been there. 10 carries each of the last two weeks. He's not been running the ball well, but here we go. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's get a big game from David Montgomery. So, uh, it's funny. I have him higher in PPR than non PPR for the first time (laughs) in his two years in the NFL. And that's only because I have him in non PPR. I have Raheem Mostert one spot ahead of him and I'll probably flip that and put him ahead of Mostert. So uh, I just think it's going to be a huge game for David Montgomery. So he's in my top 12. Okay. The Kawan short is Jamie is who Jamie is referencing. That's the defensive tackle. I had been touting for the Panthers got hurt last week. They know when he got hurt. Yeah. It's I think around halftime, they, they struggled even with him in the game, but I'm pretty sure he missed the entire second half. Todd Gurley had a huge game. But their run defense has been horrible without Kawan Short, and he's a great player, so it makes sense. Um, and apparently, Gross Matos, Brian Brian Burns is out. Gross Matos got hurt too, so Panthers' defense, they're up front, is a mess. Who are we avoiding this week? Uh, Heath, you can start. 
I can. Yeah, or or you can't. Whatever you'd like. Thank you. Um, I am a little bit concerned about Mikol Hardman. I, I've seen uh, some people that are, seem to be kind of excited about starting him in the first game without Sammy, and it, he doesn't quite play the same role. He's more of a Tyree Kill fill-in, and such a high percentage of this team's targets go to Kelsey Hill and now Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I, I, I think he's a fine boom or bust flex, and he does have the potential in just one play to make me look silly for not starting him. But I really don't know that you can count on more than four to five targets. And that's that's not generally very reliable in fantasy. You know, the, you're right. Uh, and I'm probably more excited about him, clearly, than you are. Uh, but I am as a number three receiver. I don't think he's a must-start play by any stretch. The one thing that I, I go back to is the first game that Sammy Watkins, remember he left and had a concussion and then he wasn't expected to play. I think it was a Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, the Baltimore game, uh, right? The the Baltimore game. Yeah, you're right. You played the Baltimore it. game. Yeah, that was a season high in targets for Hardman, and I wonder if that entire week they were working him up into that role of not necessarily Sammy Watkins type of routes, but playing more and on the field more. And then that was when the the you know for him a spike in targets was six. And, so, right, and, and I, I think that game is a good illustration of this week. Like he had four for eighty one in the touchdown. It was a great week. He got a 49-yard touchdown. Right, right. And and he had the touchdown the following week with four targets. And you just wonder if he's not going to be eight targets. He's not going to do what Sammy Watkins is doing. But can he get to six? And I think if you tell me right now he's getting six targets, I'm sure you probably would agree. If you say he's getting six targets, you tell me any receiver's getting six targets from Mahomes, I'm probably going to buy in. You know, so even if Byron Pringle, you know, I'll, I'll buy into him in some capacity. So will it be Demarcus Robinson? Sure. Will it be Pringle? Sure. Will it be just more targets going to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? We all would love that. But I think for Hardman, if you're stuck at receiver and he's still available, he's not a bad guy to go pick him and play. And Adam, like, you know, to go back to your earlier question, I would play Miko Hardman over Melvin Gordon in PPR. Okay. Hardman is 58% rostered and the Bills, Levi Wallace is on IR. Tredavious White missed last week's game. Their secondary hasn't played that well anyway. And, uh, you know, he's just efficient. Weeks two through five last season, when Sammy Walk, when Tyreek Hill was out, he was on pace for 984 yards and eight touchdowns on only 88 targets. That was his four, it was a 16 game pace. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's right. The targets don't expect a ton of them, but obviously we all think he's got big play potential. Could do a lot with it. How about this stat, by the way, um, from ESPN? about Sammy Watkins. Uh, last year, they gained almost two yards more per carry when Sammy Watkins was in the game, and their QBR was 81 with him and 67 without him. Really interesting. They're just better with Sammy Watkins. That's what Adam Teicher was saying on ESPN. Uh, okay, uh, Heath said maybe avoiding Michael Hardman. Jamie, you say avoid who or whom? If you can, DJ Moore. Uh, I know that's hard to do because of where you drafted him and what the expectation is. But, I mean, you see what the targets have been. And even last week, he had a great game, but it wasn't with a lot of targets. And so, obviously, Robbie Anderson has taken over as the number one wide receiver. You know what Mike Davis is going to be catching the ball in the backfield. Can he be a must-start play in a tough matchup against a good Chicago defense when he's not getting eight-plus targets? I mean, he's basically been living around the six-target number for the last three weeks after getting 22 targets in the first two games. 
So it's just been frustrating. And, you know, hopefully he'll break a, a long play, but that was his first touchdown. We know touchdowns are hard to come by for him. And so the Bears have allowed one receiver to score a touchdown on the season. So uh, he's a number three receiver. And, you know, that go back to Miko Hardman. I would struggle to, to make that decision between those two guys. Uh, so Mike Evans broke the streak, scored the touchdown mm-hmm. last week against the Bears. All right, so uh, what's, uh, we'll get into the games. We have 60-second rankings disputes. I would say the worst round of 60-second ranking disputes ever. Um, very <laughs> didn't find a lot of good ones in the rankings. We're, we're, we're going to struggle in the bye weeks to differ on a lot of running backs, I guess, because there just are yeah. not a lot of guys. So there may be, hey, you like this guy five spots more, but I'm still going to start him. Right. <laughs> you know? I think so. There's a lot of that. I know I have some wide receivers. Juju's a good one. Um, get to that in a moment. We also have the fantasy cops coming on to regulate something that Jamie is uh, is upset about. Uh, but I, I'm not upset about it at all. Oh, okay, I have people in, in in a league that we're all in upset about it, and they're waiting for the answer from Okay, uh, right. Starsky and Hutch over here, Adam Azer <laughs> and uh, Keith Cummings. Well, I went on a little online shopping spree last night. And uh, it was on Express, express Express.com. Okay, go there, shop, buy some clothes. You're not going to believe, one, how great they look, and two, how many different varieties, different styles they have, different things you can buy, and three, how affordable it is. And if you want $25 off your $50 purchase, text FOOTBALL to 397-737. You'll get $25 off your $50 purchase. Text FOOTBALL to 397-737. So I know that there may have been some issues with it on Monday, uh, but it's I did it yesterday. It's working perfectly fine. Um, that It's good to go. Text football to 397-737. Uh, Jamie and Heath are going shop. Well, they'll talk about that in a later episode. I'm going to tell you what I bought. I got a button-down shirt. Looks pretty cool. Uh, I got an orange T-shirt, and I got a sweater. I, I can't remember the color. I think it's like a green sweater right now. Uh, or I think that's what it is. And looking forward to getting those. They're on their way. So uh, I'll be wearing them on the show as soon as they arrive. Really, like, great deals. I got all these three things for, like, a, about 100 bucks. So terrific bargains on Express. My wife and I were browsing, looking for some new clothes, and it was like uh, it was like Christmas. I mean, I, there were so many things I wanted to buy. I'm going to go back for more soon. This is the new Express. They emphasize comfort. They emphasize fit. Most athletic or taller men don't think Express can fit them, but you're wrong. Can fit you for sure. And they emphasize versatile styles. I recommend checking out the Lux Comfort Knit Collection, sharp details, soft fabrics, like wearing your favorite sweats. And looking good's important, people. All right, you got to dress nicely, gives you a little confidence boost, helps you accomplish your goals. It matters, it really makes a difference. So uh, let it express help you out with that. Remember, if you want to save 25 bucks off your $50 purchase, just text football to 397 737. Football. Text that to 397-737. 60 seconds ranking disputes, sort of. We could probably skip this one. Joe Mixon. Jamie's got him 16th in PPR. Heath has him 10th. Skip it. I just want to say about Joe Mixon, because I've always been down on Joe Mixon. I'm really irritated that when I come around to him being a top 12 back, everybody else jumps off. But 14 targets in his past two games, that is the most targets he's ever had in a two-game stretch. What Jamie said about David Montgomery ranking him higher in PPR for the first time ever, this was the first time ever I ranked Joe Mixon higher in PPR as well. I think it's a good setup for him if Darius Leonard is out. You know, it's just there's there's in that, you know, um, the the top like maybe 20, certainly 18 running backs. It's a pretty good group this week, you know, especially when you, you know, you factor in 
Um, James Robinson still doing what he's doing. Mike Davis doing what he's doing. You know, all those guys. Uh, hopefully, still Ronald Jones. Um, and, and like Antonio Gibson, I think, has a good opportunity this week against the Giants if he's healthy with, you know, Brandon Scherf back. So there's there's a there's a good, solid number two group of, of running backs. And so I like Mixon. This isn't a I don't like Mixon thing. It's just like I, there's a few other guys I like a little bit better than. Like I would start Miles Gaskin over Mixon in PPR, and that probably sounds weird. The Jets, Miles Gaskin's facing the Jets. Only one team's given up more rushing touchdowns than the Jets to running backs. I believe that is the Panthers. So, um, you know, there's that matchup. Yeah, keep, keep Jordan Howard on the inactive list. We like Yeah. Him. Yeah, I mean, it's I just just to point out, it's not a great matchup on paper for Joe Mixon. But you guys, just the workload you like. And the fact that they've only played one game without Darius Leonard. They did pretty well against Kareem Hunt, even though he caught a touchdown. But he still scored a lot of points. All right, so Mixon's a start. 16th for Jamie, 10th for Heath in PPR. 16th for Jamie, 14th for Heath in non-PPR. How about Robert Woods? Robert Woods is a is a... Top 12 wide receiver for Jamie, technically 13th in PPR, also for Dave. Heath, you got him top 24, and you know, it's sitting Robert Woods, but you got him 23rd in PPR, 22nd in non-PPR. And weird that uh, he's not much higher in PPR. He's just not catching or getting a lot of targets. At San Francisco Sunday night, Heath, so just just a little bit lower on Robert Woods. Yeah, and I don't like I don't really like it. I've I feel like I've kind of been the Robert Wood guy at many times, but you look at his targets over the last month, five, six, seven, five, and that's fine for a number two receiver. It's it's difficult to be an elite number one. And that, I think this matchup against San Francisco is good with the way their defense is playing right now, but I would expect in a division game after what just happened to them against the Dolphins, the defense is going to be better than it was against the Dolphins. So I, I'm probably starting Woods. I'm just not excited about doing it. I think you're right that the defense will be better. They just don't have the bodies to get the defense better right now. That's a very banged-up defense, banged-up secondary. The strength of this team is still defending the run, so I think they'll be able to slow down the Rams' running game. And I do think that this could be a game where the Rams have to throw. So I'm going to guess that Woods and Cup are still going to get as many targets as they could handle to where they've been, you know, and that hasn't been very high. But, you know, add on one or two more to each guy. And so I think the setup is, is, is better for their passing game than it is their run game. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster. 16th for Jamie, 28th for Heath in non-PPR and right about the same for uh, in PPR. Jamie, you have faith in Juju this week. Heath, you got him as a number three receiver. Jamie, kick it off against uh, the Cleveland Browns who allow the third most fantasy points to receivers. I had him close to 24 before Ben Roethlisberger spoke yesterday and was praising Juju for being such a good teammate and celebrating Chase Claypool and the performance that he had. And then the squeaky <laughs> wheel just started to turn and turn and turn. And you know a big game is coming for Juju. It, it's He's due. The matchup is fantastic. Two of three games with Ben Roethlisberger against the Browns. His last his, Two of his last three games against the Browns wheel. with Roethlisberger. Monster performances. You mentioned the secondary's banged up. They just put Greedy Williams on IR. This is going to be a big game for Ben, a big game for Juju. And I feel like I actually have him too low. But did you like my squeaky wheel? It was excellent. Okay, yeah, because people have pointed out I use that for crickets, but people are like, that should be your squeaky wheel. So yeah. thank you, people. Heath, not feeling it. 28th, 29th for Juju. Can you just rewind what I said about Robert Woods? Like <laughs> It's five or six targets every week. And I thought, I, I read the Ben Roethlisberger quote much differently than Jamie did. And Jamie's interpretation of the quote could be correct. My interpretation was, man, he is still salty at AB. Like, I thought he was just taking a shot at Antonio Brown because he was never happy for anyone when they had success. <laughs> um, 
And it could have been either. It could have been both. But yeah, I, I just, I don't have a good read on why they are not treating Juju Smith-Schuster as the number one wide receiver, but he was dominated in targets by Deontay Johnson the first two weeks. Johnson gets hurt the next two weeks. And like Chase Claypool has 50% more targets than Juju the past two weeks. Eric Ebron has more targets. James Washington has more targets. And that was when Johnson went down. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, logically, you absolutely make sense. Uh, we had um, uh, Pete Prisco on with us Wednesday. I don't know if you recall what he said, Heath, in regards to what teams are probably doing against Juju. Right. That, you know, he's the guy they're trying to take away, especially when you have an unproven second-year receiver in Deontay Johnson and an unproven rookie in Claypool. And now this is, you know, Pete speaking that he looks – Ben Roethlisberger looks more comfortable. You know, he, he thought last week was the most free he was playing, you know, after – coming back from the elbow surgery maybe being a little bit tentative and how things were going to go. And so I just look again, match up. If they can keep miles Garrett away from him, away from Ben, I think he can kind of do whatever he wants. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Claypool plays well, if Juju plays well, maybe Ebron scores, uh, you know, especially if Deontay Johnson's out, then you get a little bit more, some concentrated targets for hopefully those three. And then maybe Washington mixed in as well. Okay, I'm pretty satisfied with our 60-second rankings disputes. We have a ton of news and notes, so I'm just going to fire through them here. Cam Newton's likely going to play. These are your quarterback news. Baker Mayfield is confident he will play through injured ribs at Pittsburgh. Uh, I've given this stat. Mayfield scored 18 points and six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Four straight games. The Steelers have given up, I think, 21 to 23 fantasy points to every quarterback they face, something like that. Sam Darnold out this week. Jimmy Garoppolo practiced in full, so he looks good. For Sunday night, looks looks like he will play Sunday night. Uh, Drew Locke practiced in full, so he will likely play at New England. Kyle Allen was medically cleared to play this week there at the Giants. Running back, Dalvin Cook mispracticed. Christian McCaffrey mispracticed. We are not expecting them this week. Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy both practiced. Do you think Ronald Jones will get uh, 15 carries against Green Bay? Yes. All right. That that would be a good thing. Fifteen seems like a good number. Um, can we can can somebody jump to the front of the news line? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, what happened? Uh, you got a message about it. Um, the Falcons are shutting down their facility after multiple positive COVID tests. Uh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, not good. So. Yeah. Like I would say Tuesday this, night football. It, I would think we are at the very least not going to see the Falcons and Vikings playing on Sunday. This will probably get pushed back on to a Monday, Tuesday decision. Oh, this is going to be so brutal for Alexander Mattis. Jamie, you got to change. You got to change the start of the week. Uh, well, you don't have to make that decision today. <laughs> so we'll see. All right. That's true. Well, I hope everybody's but, okay and yeah. uh, we'll adjust to it as we get more details. All right. Uh, let's see. The Jets are going to get Lamichael P. Ryan more involved. He's barely rostered. Miami's got Miami's got some issues with that run defense. I don't think anyone's starting a Jets running back, but they got some issues. I, I, I do think we should pause on that for a second because that was something else Pete talked about yesterday, Jamie, and I wanted to follow up, but in our current circumstances, it's hard for me to say that I want to follow up. Uh, Pete was pretty adamant that Lamichael P. Ryan's going to get more involved, and I thought he made a lot of good common sense arguments, and you said, yeah, but Adam Gase. Um, what... I, I kind of expect it to be Frank Gore for 15 carries and Michael P. Ryan for five. What do you think? I think that's going to be the case this week because of just the suddenness of when Le'Veon was released. 
But Pete had been saying for like a couple weeks that when Le'Veon was out, that he was hearing that they were going to start to work in P. Ryan Moore. And the thing that I go back to with this, and again, you're factoring in, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, probably a smarter organizational move for the Jaguars as opposed to the Jets. But part of the reason why they got rid of Leonard Fournette was because they liked James Robinson. Mm-hmm. And you see how that's worked out. And so I would like to think that the Jets, I know the bigger reason why they moved on from Le'Veon is, is more of the relationship with Adam Gase and how that all unfolded. But, you know, from a competitive standpoint, what's the point of running Frank Gore out there for 15 carries at 37 years old? Like if I'm the GM, I'm saying to Adam Gase, we have to see what we have here. We have to see if this could be our second running back, maybe our starter. You know, maybe it's a position that we just have to, you know, bring in some guys and try some new things. Because what are you doing running Frank Gore out there except yeah. trying to prove that you can still get something out of a 37-year-old guy? He's a Hall of Famer. He's done everything in his career to, to, to put himself in, as he said at one point this offseason, the Mount Rushmore of running backs. Yep. He's not there, but he certainly has had a great career. And it's... Uh, it, it's it's time to you know focus on youth. So logical thinking, like Keith will tell you with the targets, logical thinking would say that you know play the younger guy and see what you have, but we are talking about the Jets. Yeah. No, I think what Heath meant was nobody has rushed more than Frank Gore. <laughs> uh yeah, but uh, would you drop Josh Kelly for the Michael P. Ryan? No. No. But I I would drop, you know, the Carlos Hydes, the Jordan Howards, the guys that were rostered in like 30% of leagues. Well, that's easy. How about Naeem Hines? Yeah, if I'm not playing Naeem Hines, especially in non-PPR, sure. Okay. All right, uh, wide receiver news. Yes or no, do we expect Devontae Adams? 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Julio Jones, if that game happens? No. Chances get better if it's pushed back a few days. Yeah. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? Yes. Okay. AJ Green? Doesn't matter. Yeah, he might not play. He's got a hamstring injury. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster mispractice, which is not unusual uh, for Juju. He, he often misses practice. He's going to play. Deontay, we don't know yet. DJ Chark mispractice. Brashad Perryman could come back this week. 6% rostered. Don't think there's a huge rush Denzel to Denzel Mims is practicing as well. Oh, I didn't really see that. Okay. Yeah, he's in the, well, he's in the window to return. Right. He's gone IR, so they have a three-week window. Start Flacco? Must start in Joe Flacco leagues. I would. St- I think I might start Flacco over Wentz in a two quarterback league. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Sterling Shepard missed practice. He's eligible to come off IR. Don't think. Doesn't look like he will as of now. Sterling Shepard, Alshon Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson Heath. They might practice. You going to stick it, or they might play towards a return. Yes. So Wentz versus Baltimore or Flacco at Miami. Fulcum. <laughs> Keenan Allen should be back after the bye. Noah Fant was limited in practice. That's the only tight end news I have. Um, in terms of offensive line, Brandon Scherf could return this week for the football team. That'd be big. James Daniels, that's Chicago's starting left guard, out for the season. That stinks. Pittsburgh beat up on the line. David DeCastro and Mike Pouncey both got hurt in week five. We'll keep an eye on them. A lot of defensive news items. The big ones, Stefan Gilmore could play this week. Uh, Carlton Davis, who I talk about all the time, Tampa Bay starting cornerback, becoming a really good one. He missed practice with an abdominal injury facing Green Bay this week. Tredavious White's going to be questionable. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm really uncertain about the Carlton Davis thing, but I want to go back to the Washington Giants game because if Scherf plays, I've been uncomfortable with that. You guys, I've talked about it a lot. I used the lines a lot to determine like touchdown projections and stuff. 
And I was really uncomfortable at the beginning of the week when I saw that the Giants were a three and a half point favorite over Washington. I can't understand why that would be. Now it's down to two and a half. Washington should be favored in that game, right? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think they're better. I mean, the Giants the Giants beat them last year to give the football team Chase Young. They will beat them this year to ensure that the football team gets Trevor Lawrence instead of the Giants. That's what they do. They will win. They will go two and zero against them. They will go two and fourteen this year. You're you're saying the Jets are getting a win? Yeah, that's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be tough. Yeah, the Jets will screw it up. The Jets screw everything up, or they'll get the number one pick and they'll trade it or something. They'll do something dumb. Um, Tre'Davious. So we got Stephon Gilmore, Carlton Davis, Tre'Davious White. All three are going to be up in the air this week. And Houston's already run defense, already horrible run defense gets worse. Benardrick McKinney out for the season. Good news for the Jaguars. Miles Jack is expected to play, but it doesn't matter because Bonanza. Jamie, what can the fantasy cops help you with today, sir? So this is a tough one because of the circumstances that happened with the game on Tuesday and how it pushed back the waivers being run. So we have a, I'm, I'm not going to name names. So we have a league that we're all in together that I am in the commissioner of. And this particular fantasy manager lost Dak Prescott. Did not put in a claim for the quarterback that he wanted until 8 o'clock in the morning. Wednesday morning? Waivers. Huh? Wednesday, which morning? Wednesday morning. Okay. Thinking at the time that it was just going to, as typically happens when you have first come, first serve after waivers run, that he was going to get the, the quarterback that he wanted, which in question was Ryan Fitzpatrick. What happened was, as a result of waivers running, and we had a message on the site, not in the app, we had a message on the site that said, after waivers run, your leagues will be locked from making lineup moves or pickups until 9 a.m. So he had essentially put in a waiver claim that did not run, which was going to run for Wednesday night into Thursday. Well, after 9 a.m., when this lock was lifted, mm-hmm. it became first come, first serve. And somebody else came in and picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick. So his claim is that he made a move to get Ryan Fitzpatrick and sent me the screenshot with the time and thinks that he should get Ryan Fitzpatrick as opposed to the person who did it got him first come first. Serve. Can I just full disclosure? Um, I think I should probably recuse myself from this case and you two should know why I don't, I'm not in this league. I don't think during fantasy baseball season, you two are co-commissioners oh. of a league where Adam goes in and changes players to open up waivers every Monday morning. Right. And I made a waiver claim for a player before Adam did that. Then Adam opened up waivers and someone else claimed them as a free agent. And you guys did not give me that player. Okay. It was a little bit different though. It's yours, the same exact Yours was thing. a Sunday night waiver claim for a player who was not available on waivers because he had just been dropped on Saturday. But then he became available and I didn't get him despite having a claim for him. That is true. But but he was, yeah, that's true. Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick was not available on waivers because nobody was. And then the person who had a claim for him didn't get him. Jamie, I would kick this this person out of the league. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he gets him. I'm sorry. I don't think he gets him. 
I, yeah, I, I would vote that he gets him, but the president, legal president that I know of <laughs> involves, and I, I, I'm not one to go against president, involves him not getting him. Well, so. here's the thing. Like, why didn't he put a claim in on Tuesday? That was my... That's the thing. No, uh, that's it. That was, Game over. You, that, you tried to do it Wednesday morning. It didn't work. You had all day Tuesday to put your waiver claim in. Nobody claimed him. If you put a claim in on Tuesday, you would have gotten Ryan Fitzpatrick. Game over. So the... And that, did I say that he's a Dak Prescott manager? Yes. Yeah. So he knew he needed a quarterback. Yeah. And so it's over. That's, all right. So you say he does not get. Of course Ryan not. He had all day Tuesday to get it. But boo hoo! Are you kidding? You had your opportunity. You should have put a claim in. It's a joke. <laughs> that's how you're ruling, right? That's how I'm ruling. Yeah. Okay. Good. By the way, Ben Schrager's never seen Red and Stimpy or Pinky in the Brain. So let's go fix that, Schrager. Um, Shraggy. Congratulations. No. <laughs> There's some time you saved. Uh, you're, you're wrong, buddy. All right, Startometer. Let's get into it. It's been way too long. Here we go. Startometer. Let's go quickly here. Jets, Dolphins, Texans, Titans, Chiefs, Bills. Those are the last three games we're going to get to. Um, Frank Gore. <laughs> okay. Uh, Zero. Four oh, and oh. Non, three, three and non-PPR. Zero and PPR. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick. 10. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a six. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, Tannehill is safer. Fitzpatrick has a higher ceiling. Okay. Uh, Devontae Parker. 10. Miles Heath. Eight. Miles Gaskin. 10. Eight. Preston Williams. Five. Three. Team name Tuesday, Preston to action. Thank you. Uh, how about, obviously, Jamison Crowder is a must start. How about we go to the Houston-Tennessee game? David Johnson. Eight. What I, say on, I said eight on Gaskin, so I'll say seven on Johnson. Brandon Cooks. Uh, seven. Five. If Jordan Akins is out, how would you feel about Darren Fells? Three. Yeah, it's maybe maybe he plops into the end zone. If Corey Davis plays, how would you feel about Corey Davis? Two, three. Kansas City, Buffalo. Nicole Hardman. I think we already did that one, but go for three. it. Three, six. John Brown, Cole Beasley. If Brown plays, uh, Brown would be six. Beasley without Brown would be a six. Beasley with Brown would be a five. Sure. How about sure. Devin Singletary? Uh, Zach Moss does not play. Singletary is a seven. Zach Moss does play. Singletary is a six. Uh, yeah, I'd say a five or six. You're probably starting him. To the games. Here we go. Cincinnati is at Indianapolis. Your stat of the game. Tyler Boyd, he's played five games this year. He's had three really good ones. He's had two pretty disappointing ones, and they were against tough, tough matchups. Chris Harris in the Chargers game, and Baltimore is always good against wide receivers, and he had four catches for 42 yards last week. The other three games, Boyd was unstoppable, basically. Uh, I, you know, is this a tough matchup? From what I understand, the the Colts cornerbacks have been very good this year. Uh, Rocky Sin, TJ Carey, Xavier Rhodes. Um, Boyd obviously plays out of the slot. Are you worried about Tyler Boyd this week against the Colts, who on paper have one of the best defenses in the NFL? Granted, they have not faced a lot of good competition. 
I mean, you go back to last week, they did a good job for the most part on Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. They gave up a touchdown to Rashard Higgins. Landry I mean, Landry had a decent game. Landry had like 80 yards, didn't he? 88 yards. Yeah, I mean, you know, he wasn't great, but no, you know, he was, was not. That, he was he was serviceable. It was his best game for um him. Yeah, 4 for 88 on 9 targets, yeah. Without throwing a touchdown. Um <laughs> Boyd is a low-end number 2 receiver. You know, I think you got to treat him as a guy who is going to soak up targets. They're probably going to be throwing a lot. Um I, I think he's he's in the number two range for me. Uh, I don't love him, but I'm not going to sit him. Yeah, I think the Colts are a good defense, but against wide receivers, they're one of those matchups that it just doesn't matter to me. Okay. Let's talk about these defenses. So the Colts, they allow the second fewest points per game. They've faced Jacksonville, Minnesota, the Jets, the Bears, and Cleveland. Hmm. And they had a pretty bad first half against Cleveland. They got better in the second half. They gave up a pick six and a safety. So defensively against Cleveland, only gave up 23 points. Meanwhile, the Bengals, I mean, their their deal is their run defense is horrible, but their pass defense has actually somehow been good. They allow the six fewest yards per attempt, the fourth, fourth lowest passer rating in the NFL, but they're beat up in the second. I don't get it. They're, they're missing now defensive end it's Sam teams Hubbard. run on them. I mean, that's well, just- yeah, but also, like, you read the, the, Brown, the Colts' opponents. You should probably read the Bengals' opponents, and that will help you understand why their pass defense has been surprisingly good like where where does the combination of Terod Taylor Baker Mayfield Carson Wentz Gardner Minshew and Lamar Jackson rank in yards per attempt pretty pretty low okay (laughs) all right so uh, hopefully we get some some offense in this game Joe Burrow is a sit he's like 20th Um, and Joe Mixon we talked about he's a start he's uh, about 16th for Jamie and 14th I think for Heath and non-PPR 10th in PPR Tyler Boyd is a number two receiver. T. Higgins, starter sit. He's a number three receiver. You know, we saw him, you know, for a couple of games out target A.J. Green, and now Green is not there. At least that's the assumption. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not uh, – it's kind of like a low, lower, lower, lesser version of Tyler Boyd. Like, I don't want to have to play T. Higgins, but I wouldn't be afraid of it uh, if A.J. Green is out. T. Higgins is my second favorite wide receiver in this game. Over Hilton. Over Hilton. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, look, it, it, like Hilton's, it's not a bad matchup for Hilton. Like they're, no. But it doesn't have a matchup at all. But they just throw, they don't throw at all. You got to hope that they're trailing. That was his best game last week because they were trailing. Right. Most targets, most catches, most yards. Okay. Would you guys start Miko um, Hardman or T. Higgins? Hardman. I would go Higgins. Okay. Sit Drew Sample, sit Phillip Rivers. And big day for Jonathan Taylor, good day for Jonathan Taylor. What do we think here? Uh, good day for Jonathan Taylor. No, Geno Atkins is back, so take that into account for the Bengals' run defense. But uh, Anthony Costanzo is expected to return also for the Colts, so it's like strength on strength. You know, you're getting your offensive linemen healthy. And the Bengals are getting one of their best defensive linemen back and one of the better defensive linemen that we've had in the NFL. So I'm not sitting Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I just hope it's one of those blow up games. He's been a little frustrating for people um, because of how the game flow has gone for them when they've been winning. So I think, uh, you know, you, you want to have a little bit of a competitive game, but I'm not benching Jonathan Taylor really for anybody outside of Alexander Madison. If you're talking about guys you picked up. Mike Davis. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just want to say, like, they did, they do have Geno Atkins back, but they lost DJ Reader, their other defensive tackle, who I believe sure. is the highest paid nose tackle in football. 
which always happens every year. You sign a free agent uh, for the year he's out. So I think that it's like you you bring up a good point, Adam. This is the strangest week I can ever remember at running back because there's only like twenty to twenty two starters at running back. So pretty much everyone were saying, yeah, you're you're probably starting them if they're getting fifteen touches, but also. Mike Davis, Alexander Madison, James Robinson, Kareem Hunt, and David Montgomery were all drafted after round four, and they're probably ahead of most of these guys we're saying are starts. Yeah. So if you have any of those guys, you might be sitting these guys we're saying are starters. Oh, running back is so deep these days. <laughs> uh, I think Reader's sixth highest paid defensive tackle annually. I think all of you care about that, so I'll tell you. T.Y. Hilton, uh, we just talked about. He, Jamie, do you agree? Would you start T. Higgins over T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, it's just, you know... <laughs> there's going to be a game where T.Y. Hilton has a long touchdown. There's going to be a game where, you know, and, and it wouldn't be surprising if this is the week because of all the criticism that has gone in Phillip Rivers direction. It's a home game. They're facing a bad team, you know, so this could be, Hey, let's at least in the first half come out throwing. Now that could be bad for Phillip Rivers and the Colts. <laughs> so uh, I hope that's not the case <laughs> if you're a Colts fan. Um, but th- there's, there's going to be a week where we, we we're going to continue to say T.Y. Hilton until he starts to prove us wrong. And I don't know why anybody would feel comfortable starting him. Yeah. Okay. And uh, finally, Trey Burton. Or any interest or any Colts tight end? Any interest there? I'm starting Burton in uh, the dynasty league that we share, Adam, because Darren Waller's on a bye, and we're I don't have any other options. Yeah, we're so. starting Burton in that same league. I'm starting Moelle Cox because Hunter Henry's on a bye, and I don't have any other options. <laughs> well, so. Moelle Cox might not play, so you might want to keep an eye on that. <laughs> Then I'll start Jack Doyle. All right. Cincinnati has struggled against tight ends. They've faced good ones. Henry, Hooper, Ertz, Andrews. Andrews is the only one who scored. But uh, Burton you, has 11 targets in right. the last two games. You could do worse than Trey Burton. And Indianapolis DST is top three. They lead the NFL in interceptions. Cincinnati had a game where they allowed eight sacks to Philadelphia, seven sacks to Baltimore. So it could be a nice day for the Colts DST. They are the only team that has more interceptions than touchdown passes allowed. Wow, that's cool. All right, football fans, usually I'd be telling you about how to watch Thursday night football on Amazon Prime, but now I'm going to tell you how to watch Monday football on Amazon Prime. Are you an Amazon Prime member? You can watch NFL football live on Prime Video. That's right. It's the future of football. You can catch all the action on any device almost anywhere in the world, and you can choose your favorite announcer, including Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, or Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks, or Chris Long and Carrie Champion from NFL Next. You're going to get next-gen stats and watch in-game replays on demand, all within Prime Video's X-Ray. So next-gen stats are great. They're real-time stats powered by AWS. No more waiting around. Get the current stats right, right, you know, right away at any time. If you need to check how your fantasy player is doing, this is an ideal way to stay up to speed. In-game on-demand replays are accessible on your remote on Fire TV or by turning your mobile device sideways. So this Monday, catch the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Kickoff is 5 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video. Also available on Fox and NFL Network, NFL Network simulcast subject to change, presented by Bud Light Platinum. All right. I need an Azer trade ruling, please. Oh, happy to do it. I have been, I've done some sleuthing, some research um, since I recused myself in the case, and uh, I've, I've found the roster of the, of the guy we just ruled against. Okay. And I'm going to offer him Gardner Minshew for Devontae Parker. Uh, 
I mean, I think it's a good trade for you, sure. but it's not an Acer trade. Those are, they're not Acer trades anymore. They're bomber trades. They are definitely bomber trades because he um, I mean, he is a bad trade but, bomber but, just but dropping ball over the place. No bomber, they know you. <laughs> I know, true. but you get to know Andrew Bomber, one of our producers. Because hey, uh, I've sent the offer. Can you share with uh, our audience the text you sent me about the three things that pop up in your replies to trades? <laughs> Did you find it funny? It was hysterical. All right, so so when you get a trade offer on CBS. You can send a reply as you, you you have three options accept, I think reject and reject with comment or something like that. No, it's accept, reject and counter. Oh, counter. Okay. You can you can you can uh, put a comment with all of these. Okay. So it's accept, reject or reject and counter. Okay. So in the comment box, you know, there's like an autofill with your previous comments. So somebody sent me a trade. Uh, Jerry Judy and Adrian Peterson for Tyreek Hill in a PPR league. Hmm. 14, like terrible. So I was about to reject it. I clicked in the comment box and the three things that I had recently said uh, that popped up as autofills were one, <laughs> Acer trade. <laughs> Two, bleep off. <laughs> and three, boy, this trade looks terrible now. So I'm kind of a jerk when you offer me trades, apparently. And it was just very funny to see that I said bleep off to someone in the podcast league, apparently. Actually, I don't know if it was that league, but um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, don't offer me bad trades because I'm the only one who's allowed to do that. Me and Bomber. Cleveland's at Pittsburgh. Stat of the game number one. Odell Beckham is tied for second in the NFL with five targets inside the 10-yard line. That is how many he had all of last season. Things have completely changed. It was all Landry near the end zone. This year, it's Beckham so far. Stat of the game number two. Let's talk about this Pittsburgh run defense. I understand you're starting Kareem Hunt, but holy cow, this run defense is so good. I I know you can't just say if they didn't give up a 74-yard touchdown run because they did. But other than that, Miles Sanders had 10 carries for six yards and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley had 15 carries for six yards. David Johnson had 13 carries for 23 yards. Melvin Gordon actually had a decent game. But you guys have no hesitation starting uh, Kareem Hunt? No. I mean, he's so involved in everything they do. Yep. And it's like, I don't think, I don't think the opponent really matters all that much. It does seem that way with Cleveland. This is a very good rushing offense, and I know their offensive line is banged up, but still, you know, it's it's just strength on strength. And obviously, the Browns, uh, the Steelers, are going to try and stop the Browns' running game. But I mean, he's going to catch passes. He's he's just he's matchup proof. Yeah, and uh, Nick Chubb would have been also. Yeah, stat of the game number two because I think Jarvis Landry is the most interesting player in this game. Sorry, Heath. Um, Heath, I already gave yes. two. So this is number three. This, uh, this is number number three. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Odell Beckham has 11 more targets than Jarvis Landry this season. They have the same number of catches, and Landry is only 15 yards behind Beckham. Wow, that's very that's interesting. I, and, uh, like, it doesn't really make any sense that... Okay, so we're, we're sitting Baker Mayfield, we're sitting Dearness Johnson, we're starting Kareem Hunt. We'll talk about the wide receivers now. Because Beckham, you guys seem to have some faith in. You all have him in your top 16 in non-PPR and 21st in PPR. Uh, he's been pretty damn inconsistent. He's actually really only had two good games, right? Uh, the Steelers have been awful 
against wide receivers. Fourth yep. most fantasy points. I don't get it. Like, their cornerbacks, you look at their passer ratings allowed, it's not bad, but you read about it, you watch it. They're not playing that well. Their their pass rush is the best in football by far. Um, I don't understand. I, I assume at some point their secondary is going to start playing better, honestly. But, you know, you guys have faith in Beckham. Do you have faith in Landry? And why do you have faith in Beckham this the week? The weird thing about the Steelers, like, it's the receivers that have done it. These are the receivers who have scored 10 fantasy points against them. Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Jerry Judy, um, Cortland Sutton was just shy of it, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Like, it's not like they've faced a bunch of elite receivers either. No, but it's the it's the number one essentially on the opposing team, and that's not Landry. I don't I don't care what the numbers tell you. Beckham is still the number one guy, so Beckham will be the one that has the better chance because he'll have the big play down the field. You know, Landry Landry doesn't look right to me. I mean, he took that shot on on the side. You know, they say it's a rib injury. I thought it was his hip getting blown up again. Uh, he crawled off the field. He was able to come back and and play well, but. Um, he's banged up again. And I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to trust Jarvis Landry until I see a little bit more from him. Okay. Heath, you feel the same way? Start Beckham, sit Landry. Um, I think they are, they're much closer than that. Beckham's a low end number two and Landry's a number three for me. I, I would like it if I had receivers better than Jarvis Landry, but I I'm fine with him as a number three. He's, he was awful beginning of the year, but, um, the targets are starting to creep back up. So how would you guys rank all of the receivers in this game? It's just a difficult question. Hmm. Juju one, Beckham two, Claypool three, Landry four, and if Deontay Johnson plays, he'll be ahead of. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be ahead of Landry for sure. I don't know if I'll put him ahead of Claypool. Yeah, in non PPR, it'd be Beckham, Juju, Claypool, Landry, for me. In PPR, it'd probably be Beckham, Landry, Juju, Claypool. Oh, you'd start in PPR. You'd start Landry over Juju. Yeah. Okay. And Jamie would not. No. Um. All right. David Montgomery. Would you start David Montgomery over all of these wide receivers this week? Yes. Oh, okay. How about the tight ends here? Hooper getting some more targets lately. That's 17 targets in his last two games. And Ebron facing the Browns, who have been really bad against tight ends. Um, so who do you like better, Ebron or Hooper? Ebron. Ebron. Ebron's a low-end starter. Hooper, while he has played better of late, he still is facing a team that just shut down Zach Ertz, and you could say that maybe has more to do with Ertz than it does with the Steelers' defense. But they also shut down Evan Ingram in week one, and those, I believe, are the two best tight ends that they faced. Now, Noah Fant did score against them, but I don't necessarily look at it as Hooper is going to have a big game this week. Okay, so Ben Roethlisberger... I should say, along with Fant, those are the three best tight ends that they face. Yeah. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger is top 10, 10th, 8th, and... Oh, 13th. Heath, you moved him down, or am I wrong? I think I... He moved down when I put Cam in, possibly. Where did you think I had him? Uh, First. No. Oh, yeah, 12th. Okay, he's down to 13th now. Yeah, Roethlisberger's been different this year. He's not really airing it out. He's on pace for a little over 4,000 yards, but 40 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's been very conservative, but it's working for him. And the Browns have been terrible against the pass. Six most fantasy points allowed to quarterback. So he's a start. Uh, Fitzpatrick or Roethlisberger? Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick has a higher ceiling. Ben is safer. Um, has he already won comeback player of the year? 
Is that locked up already? No, because I was going to ask you about this guy, Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger. I know Heath has Cam ahead. Cam has a higher ceiling, so I would take Cam as well. But, I mean, if the Steelers win their division. What if the Patriots win their division? Uh, yeah, I guess it's close. I guess I shouldn't say he's locked it up. But um, I think Ben's put himself in the MVP race. How do you guys feel about James Conner this week? Must start him. Just start him. Okay. Uh, yeah, Cleveland's defense, run defense, is getting a little worse lately. They haven't been so good the last three games, and I don't know about Larry Ogunjobi. I know he missed last week's game, so uh, that's a that's a defensive tackle for them, a key player. All right, I think that's it. Pittsburgh's DST is top four, 20 sacks in four games, so they're still putting up fantasy points even as they are a little bit worse than we thought they'd be. Denver at New England. Stat of the game. Let's look at wide receivers against Denver. Oh, here, the MO on... This is actually an interesting game because the MO on Denver is like they don't... People don't really run on them often. They don't try that much. They throw all over Denver. Whereas the Patriots, I think, lead the NFL in rush attempts per game. If not, they're right up there. Uh, Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Scott Miller, Jamison Crowder, and Jeff Smith have all had 81 or more yards against the Denver Broncos. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did not, but they combined for three touchdowns. So on paper, great matchup for the Patriots wide receivers. What does that mean to you, Jamie? Nothing. Absolutely nothing because of what you said about how they run the ball. I think this is going to be run, run, and run some more. We saw that in the Miami game when they were heavy favorites at home or favorites at home. We saw it in the Las Vegas game when they were heavy favorites at home. Um, th- this is what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to come out and, you know, Cam having not practiced as much and played obviously um, that they're going to all of a sudden play like they played against Seattle. So I would try to avoid Julie Nettleman. I would try to avoid Nikhil Harry. And I really like the setup for Damian Harris. That's the one that I'm really uncertain about because Adam, you said teams don't run very much against the Broncos. Well, there's basically been one good run against the Broncos this season. James Conner had that long run at the end of the Steelers game and that got him. But Derek Henry was 31 carries at 3.7 yards per carry, never broke one. The The Buccaneers ran for 3.4 yards per carry. The Jets are the Jets. But I'm just, and then even catching the ball, there's not been a running back top 25 receiving yards against the Broncos yet. Right. Now it's, it's only four games and they've played a mixed schedule. So I'm not sure that it matters, but I would really rather not start Patriots running backs. It's well, also, though, the first game without Jarrell Casey in a matchup against a team that's competent right. because he did not play against the Jets, and that's the Jets with Frank Gore. I think it's the same thing like the Browns with Kareem Hunt. You do what your strength is. So Cam's going to run. He's going to be a big part of what their rushing attack is. But I, I can't look at what Damian Harris did against the Chiefs when it was his first game, and they said, and I know Cam didn't play in that game, so they were trying to be more conservative and the Chiefs dare you to run, so factor all those things in. But here's your first game, and you did nothing for us as a rookie. Here's 17 carries. And yes, he broke the long run to get him to 100 yards. That factors in as well. Did not work in the passing game. And we know what's going to happen at the goal line. Could be Burkhead, could be Cam, could be whatever that. But they're nine-point favorites at home. They should have an opportunity to kill a clock at the end of the game. I'd be surprised if he's not 15-plus carries again if the game goes according to how Vegas thinks it's going to go. And so I'll bank on those things and use him as a number two running back. Okay, so who's the best running back in this game, given the uncertainty with the Broncos? 
for me, it was Damien Harris before the DUI for Melbourne. Wow. So I'm sticking with Damien Harris as well. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to, I haven't lowered Melvin yet, but it, it will be probably Harris. I now, won't have a running back in my top 20, though. If Gordon is out, Lindsey would jump ahead of everyone right? because of what the workload would be. Tough matchup still, but you can't look at what he should be able to get in that game and catch the ball in the backfield and not be happy about what Philip Lindsay could be, like what Melvin Gordon has been without Philip Lindsay there. Quick trivia question. Only one running back has scored a rushing touchdown against the Patriots this year. Who was it? Jordan Howard. Yes. Only one running... This is amazing. Only one running back scored a rushing touchdown in the entire regular season against the Patriots last year. One touchdown. Who was it? Man. 16 games. No. <laughs> Gus <laughs> Edwards. A lot cooler if it was. Yeah. Was yeah. it a division opponent? It was Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards. Who's the best wide receiver in this game? Uh, Edelman and PPR, and probably Edelman regardless. But if there's no Stephon Gilmore, I'm much more intrigued about Jerry Judy and, and Tim Patrick. Okay. And you'll start Noah Fant if he plays? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, though, because Gasicki was bad, 30 yards. Waller was 30 yards. No, Waller was 9 yards. Kelsey was 3 catches for 70 yards. Um, so it's not a great matchup for Fant, but he's Noah Fant. I'm sure you're going to start him. Patriots DST is top two. Time for the Bonanza, Detroit at Jacksonville. Stat of the game, TJ Hawkinson. He only has one game with uh, more than five targets, but guess what? The Jacksonville Jaguars allow the most yards per catch to tight ends. They have not had one tight end all year get more than five targets, yet three, touch, three tight ends have scored, and um, five tight ends have had 45 or more receiving yards. So, you feel good about Hawkinson this week? Start him. Yes, I feel good about Hawkinson this week. Great. Matthew Stafford or Gardner Minshew? Stafford. But I like both. I think I have Minshew. I've got a ninth and tenth. Like, flip a coin. Cam or these guys? Cam. Cam has a higher ceiling. Okay, how about Adrian Peterson? Any interest here? Jaguars just... Well, look, I guess I should give their run defense a little bit of credit. It's basically been one bad game. But they stink. <laughs> Peterson? It's fresh legs. Adrian Peterson against a bad defense. Um, we would all, and Jamie said this before the show, we would all like it if they came out of the bye and just gave the ball to DeAndre Swift and set him free. But thus far this season, running the football, Adrian Peterson has been their best running back, and it's not been particularly close. And Matt Patricia's fighting for his job, and this is a game they should win. And so I expect this is going to be a game kind of like a couple of weeks ago, the only game they have won, where they just force-feed Adrian Peterson 15 times. And I think that makes him a low-end... It, it's it's a bridge situation. Uh, you don't really want to start him, but, but Dam- he's like, better than the guys behind him. Damian Harris over him? I would start Peterson over Harris. but And, and, I, and I get why, but I would, I would still go with Harris. But I, I totally understand why you would you know look at Peterson because the body of work for this year is still in his favor. The the thing that concerns me about Peterson is, is he going to have quality carries or empty carries? Cause he can get you 15 for 75 and that yeah. wouldn't shock me at all. And one catch for 10 yards. He's done. I think that was the game you're referencing Heath when he had 85 total yards. So, yep. you know, he could do that and doesn't find the end zone. Carry on could be the guy that punches one in. It could be Deandre Swift that scores. So I think you got to factor that into the, the scenario with Peterson, but 
this is as good a game script as you will find for him maybe the rest of season because fresh legs, because matchup, because of, you know, the implied uh, uh, Vegas line that they're favored on the road. So there, there's a lot to like about Peterson this week. The, the thing that makes you concerned is more so PPR than non-PPR because he'll get the carries unless they just, again, flip it and, and make DeAndre Swift the guy. So, like, I'm, I'm very surprised, like, by one ranking conversation we're going to have on FFT at noon um, Eastern is that Dave has Adrian Peterson in non-PPR ahead of Joe Mixon. Uh, nobody's going to do that. You know, I mean, it, it, it's obviously a projection thing, ranking thing for Dave, but nobody's going to start Peterson over Mixon because the upside for both is not the same. If Mixon hits his ceiling and Peterson hits his ceiling, you know, there's, there's not going to be a comparison. Yeah, that's interesting. Though. I mean, you could certainly see a scenario where Dave's right on that. Oh, but, I, right, I don't think nobody's going to do it. I, I, I give Dave credit because it's, it's a very uh, logical call. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think anybody's going to go to their, their lineup page and say, I'm benching Joe Mixon for right. Adrian Peterson. Okay, uh, wide receivers in this game. Kenny Galladay is a must-start. You'll start DJ Chark if he plays. Now, let's say DJ Chark doesn't play. Would you go with, uh, let's say, Keelan Cole or Marvin Jones? Cole. Cole. Okay, and if DJ Chark does play, would you start LaVisca Chenault? Do you still think he's a start? Number three. Chenault has been fine with... DJ Chark. He's played five games. He's given you 13 PPR points or more in three of those. And so, you know, he's just getting better. I'm concerned about Chenault playing at this point. The fact that he didn't practice on Wednesday either. You know, so that's something you got to keep an eye on. If he's out, then you cannot play Minshew. You can't play Minshew if Correct. it's Conley and, and Cole. Okay. And James Robinson is top 12 in both formats. It's just these teams are not good on defense. And Detroit's run defense in particular is, is just so bad. Um, and then I guess I'll just ask you any interest in Tyler Eifert. I believe he's also hurt. So yes, um, there was like there was a thing from I think Tom Pelistero said he had a stinger and they didn't think it was serious and they expect we're not currently ranking him and he didn't practice on Wednesday. If he played, he would be in that um, low end touchdown or bust range. Let's talk about uh, these last three games. Could probably knock them out pretty quickly. We already start metered them. About a half hour ago, if you want to go back to that. Uh, Kansas City at Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes is number one across the board. Josh Allen is top three, I think, across the board. So start them. I mean, you're basically starting all the obvious players. But then, you know, Clyde edwards Euler, any hesitation at all? Zero. Okay. And that's even if they sign Le'Veon Bell before uh, the game. Yeah, I, I will just point out, like, the last two weeks, Buffalo's run defense has done a lot better. I know they gave up two touchdowns to Derrick Henry, but he had 19 carries for 57 yards. The week before that, Josh Jacobs, 15 carries for 48 yards. Uh, but we know Clyde edwards Eler very involved in the passing game. Start Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and we've already talked about Miko Hardman. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, any sleeper appeal? Yeah, deeper league, sure. But, you know, you got to be desperate, and I think until you see something from him, that he's going to be the Sammy Watkins guy. Like he said, you know, it could be Miko is the Tyreek guy and Robinson is the Watkins guy, but I'm not trusting Demarcus Robinson yet. Robinson, I haven't seen the pricing yet, but I would guess that he's going to be in my uh, Monday doubleheader DFS mm. lineup. I want to read what the Democrat and Chronicle newspaper wrote about this game. One of the writers about the Bills game uh, against the Titans one of the writers was acting like the Bills were like 0-5 this year. He just was so mad. Uh, but he wrote, um, 
The Buffalo was playing without Tredavious White and Levi Wallace. That left the big matchup of the night between Josh Norman and A.J. Brown. It was a slaughter. And we may now be seeing why Washington released Norman. He looked terrible. Burned for a touchdown on the second Tennessee play by Brown, who went on to catch seven for 82 yards. Nickel cornerback Teron Johnson was once again a major liability, unable to cover anyone he was confronted with. And quarterback cornerback Cam Lewis looked like the inexperienced practice squad player that he is. The Bills have some major issues to deal with as Patrick Mahomes licks his chops so yeah i don't think he's wrong no no but but he just like they're four and one they played in very difficult circumstances and like this guy just was so pissed he was ripping the defensive line like not say it was wrong but it was a pretty it was a pretty funny article well i mean after what you've seen from buffalo and the expectations for these bills you should be a little frustrated i mean this is a team that four and one but you i mean you saw them go up against a quality opponent and get embarrassed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a bad game for them. It was a, it was not a good game for Josh Allen and it was a really bad game for Devin Singletary and he might be the most interesting player in this game. So far the Chiefs have had a bad run defense. I'm optimistic it can get better with Chris Jones and Mike Pinnell both playing. They've only played two games together, but you know, single okay, let's do some Singletary or Singletary or Hardman. Singletary. Yeah, yeah. Singletary or Devontae Freeman against Washington? I'm I'm close on this. If Zach Moss plays, I will put Freeman ahead of Singletary. Singletary makes me nervous in this game because you know he doesn't score touchdowns, doesn't get those opportunities. And if this game gets sideways, as we saw for the Chiefs, as we saw for the Bills and Titans, um, you know, his involvement in the passing game is is great, but they didn't throw the ball to him. Um Singletary. Singletary or yeah. Chase Claypool? Assuming Deontay Johnson's out. Again, assuming Zach Moss is out too. Singletary. I would start Adrian Peterson over Singletary and non-PPR. Okay. Yeah, I I might also if if Moss plays. And then you got Stefan Diggs, who's a must-start. How would you approach Brown and Beasley with Brown playing and with Brown out? Brown's a high-end number three if he plays. Beasley's a high-end number three if he doesn't play. Beasley's a number four if Brown plays. (laughs) Beasley better in PPR even if Brown's there. Beasley's better than Brown, you think? No, but... You, oh, you, better than... Okay. I, I, I'd still put Beasley as a number three receiver if Brown plays. He's been basically producing number three receiver numbers with Brown on the field. Uh, well, actually, he's the number 37 wide receiver per game. Well, in, that's because he had a bad week one. In PPR leagues. No, I'm just kidding. Like, basically, top 36 is number three. He's number 37. Uh, Houston at Tennessee... Stat of the game, a running back has scored 13 or more non-PPR points every game against Tennessee. So when, when you are lamenting the way that you spoiled the Jacksonville-Detroit game, this will be the game that you say, man, I should have chose the Texans and Titans mm-hmm. for the Bonanza. The only concern I have for Tannehill is I feel like he could throw 20 times, and that's not an exaggeration, you know? Like, I feel like Derrick Henry could have 30 carries because the Texans' run defense is atrocious. And teams, this is what teams do. They just pound the rock. So that's the only concern I have here. Are I mean... You, what do you think? It's it's valid, but at what point do we just say Ryan Tannehill is a must-start fantasy quarterback and just ignore the, the outliers? Probably week four against Minnesota when he had uh, <laughs> 10 points. That's his second bad game in 14 starts for this team. I know. Yeah, yeah. It just it doesn't matter. <laughs> like It just doesn't matter. And so, yeah, there may be a stretch coming where he doesn't, you know, he, he plays efficient and he, you know, is good for the Titans. They win the game. 
and he doesn't have a big fantasy day. And you can look at the two games against the Texans last year. Now it's different circumstances. They were fighting for the playoffs in, in those games. And he, uh, he had 28 fantasy points in one and 21 in another. They were a three-week span apart, weeks 15 and 17. So could he be on the 21 end? It's his worst game ever as a starting – it's his worst game ever where he's had a good fantasy game. So, like, the number I always use is in 12 of 14 starts for the Titans, he said 21 or more fantasy points. So that's the, that's the low one. But, I mean, he's running. He's, you know, he's got A.J. Brown back. It's, it's hard not to like the setup for him against this Texans defense, which is not good. It is not. It's Look, there are some obvious starts here. Sean Watson, Will Fuller, Jonu Smith, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is a pretty obvious start at this point. Um, would you start Ryan Tannehill over Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah. Even oh. if Brady gets his guys back. Okay. And did I ask you Tannehill or Roethlisberger? I know it's very close. Yep, you did. Tannehill. Yeah. Tannehill. Okay. Um, so then that brings us to David Johnson and Brandon Cooks. And who's first of all, who's a better flex, David Johnson or Brandon Cooks? David Johnson. David Johnson. Yeah, I think I I'm surprised you left him out of the must start guys. He he's just he's getting so much work. And I know you know Romeo Cornell came out on Monday and said they got to get Duke Johnson more involved. How many times have we heard that about Duke Johnson? You know, different coaches, different stops. It just never happens. So maybe he goes from you know five total touches to seven. I mean, David Johnson's their guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, he he's a definitely a must start. Um, I don't see anybody benching him, but he did not have a good game last week until he broke off a long run late. For whatever that's worth. Yeah, like, I mean, like Heath said, you know, you have Madison if the game happens. You have Robinson. You have Mike Davis. You have the David Montgomery guys that were drafted after him. You're playing over him, but he's like, I'm not going to get cute and play Adrian Peterson over David Johnson. Uh, I'm not going to play Devonte Freeman over David Johnson. I'm not going to play Damian Harris over David Johnson. You know, he's still ahead of those guys. Are you going to play any of those guys over Brandon Cooks? Damian Harris, let's say. I would play Harris, Peterson, and Freeman over him in non-PPR, and I would play Freeman over him in both. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Daryl Henderson or Brandon Cooks? Cooks. Cooks in PPR, Henderson in none. And that's it. Start John Smith, like I said, he's top four. Jets at Dolphins. Is that a game? Jets have allowed seven rushing touchdowns to running backs. I mentioned that earlier. Only Carolina has allowed more. It's tough to get a grip on this Jets run defense. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But they give up a lot of points because they're a crappy team. So start Miles Gaskin. Um, Fitzpatrick is top 12. What do you think about Preston Williams uh, this week? That's one I struggle with. You know how much I liked Preston Williams. And um, I told you. I think that I was going to jump off a week too early. He was awesome last week, but he has not had more than five targets in a game since week one. Right. He had five targets combined in week three and week four. I think the Dolphins are probably going to be playing from ahead and not throw it as much as they generally do. I would rather not start Preston Williams. The thing that you got to be encouraged about is he scored in two of his last three. So, you know, he had the red zone touchdown against the Jaguars and he scored last week against the 49ers. And this is basically we're getting to the year mark of the ACL tear. And I know the ACL injury is not the same, but that's usually a good, you know, indicator of when a guy is kind of back to who he was. So hopefully this is the start of something good for him. And, you know, I I think I said it earlier in the week that 
I missed it. I don't know if you saw it, Heath, but Chan Gailey told the Palm Beach Post, or at least they're the ones that reported it, that they wanted to get Preston Williams more involved. And so right before the 49ers game, and you see the, the, the blow-up performance, not from a target standpoint, but obviously from a production standpoint. And so I could still see him being successful enough that he's a number three receiver, but I could certainly understand the caution in, in saying he's a must-play. Brandon Cooks or Preston Williams? Cooks. Cooks, okay. Cooks, yeah. How about Preston Williams or Tim Patrick? Williams. I would go Patrick. MVS or Preston Williams? MVS. Uh, Williams, but it's close. Okay. I think that is about it. We are not going to start a Jets running back. The Jameson Crowder is a stud. I guess my only question is the Dolphins lost the defensive tackle for the year and Kyle Van Noy might not play starting linebacker for them. Would you, are you off the Dolphins DST if Kyle Van Noy doesn't play? I can't believe I'm asking that, but I'm asking it. <laughs> no, no. Okay. No. Uh, we're good then. That's it. That's the end of the show, folks. We will talk to you tomorrow. We will not be recapping a game, but we will be talking about the seven NFC home games. Looking forward to getting into that with Jamie and Dave. For Heath and Jamie and Ben Schrager, I am Adam Azer. See you later. <laughs>